0: New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Amen, praise God. He is good. Well, I hope and pray you had a good week. I tell you, this month has really passed very quickly. Amen. Bag me down just a little bit then, Daphne. Amen. I really don't need a mic, but I praise God for having it. Amen. God is good. Well, God is good, and we just hope and pray that we continue to follow him and let him lead us. Ensure us, continue to assure us good things that we need to continue to do and to be obedient to his plan and purpose. This week, we want to share with you about how to overcome temptations. This is stuff that we deal with every day, um, whether you're at home or whatever. there's always You're always tempted to do something, good, bad, and indifference. And this morning I'm going to share some things with you from the book of um, Matthews and hope and pray that you will pay attention because I think this can can open your eyes up to to some things that will be a blessing to you by the grace of God. Because temptation is always there. You don't have to be doing anything to be tempted. Um, Temptation, you don't have to go to temptation. Temptation comes to you. And that's the way it always happens sometimes. And, you know, when you're doing, doing what you need to do and following God, temptation is going to come. But by the grace of God, we've got some good examples to follow. And we follow these examples and listen to some of the things that are going to be said today. It can be a tremendous blessing to you that can help you when, when you're approached by some of these things, by the grace of God. Before we get started, let's pray. For Holy Spirit, we thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us the things we need to, to pay attention to. And, Lord, not only that, but thank you for showing us how Jesus dealt with temptation. Not only how he dealt with them, but also how he was able to overcome the temptation when the enemy came to him. And, Father, you said in your words that these things were done for our example. And, Father, we we know for a fact if we're done for our example, we want to follow these examples and take these examples to heart. So when we are challenged and we are tempted, we, too... Can walk away and overcome these things victoriously we thank you for your word today it will not return void but it will accomplish and prosper in the things in the place and where to you sent it and where to you sent it and we thank you for this in jesus name we pray amen temptation is something we all deal with amen um, you don't have to be saved or unsaved to, to deal with it but it comes you got your bibles this morning turn with to turn with us to the book of matthew Matthew chapter 4. This is a situation with Jesus um, coming and dealing with the, uh, with the enemy. One of the things you got to always be reminded, and never forget this. If, uh, if you're ever challenged with a situation, look at your neighbor and say, Challenge with a situation. Regardless how big it is, say, regardless how big it is, you can overcome it. And by the grace of God, because you are an overcomer by the grace of God. Now, what causes you not to overcome that situation? It could be because you're not mentally prepared. You're not spiritually prepared to deal with it. Or you just maybe just discombobulated you out somewhere else mentally or whatever. But regardless of whatever situation is thrown at you, you can overcome it by the grace of God. And when you look at temptation... Um, temptation usually comes in three in three ways and in and, and three categories. Um, it usually comes in the category of provision, it usually comes in the category of uh, protection, and it usually comes in the category of power. And when when the enemy comes after you, come to tempt you, he's gonna come at you in one of these three manners. In these three manners. So, if you look at the book of Matthew's, um, that's the way he dealt with Jesus when he came after Jesus, and we're gonna break these down as, as we go through the sermon this morning. And and once you look at this, it's gonna make a lot of sense to you, because everybody looking for a security, looking for um, provision, and because right now you know people want money, they want this and they want that, whatever. And, you know, people give up a lot of things just for, for provision or whatever. And they give up a lot of things for protection. They give up a lot of things for power. And that's, the way, that's the way our world works or whatever. And I believe uh, everything that we deal with when it comes to temptation falls under these three categories. Under, under provision, protection, and power. It falls under those three categories. Now, let's go to the book of... Uh, go to the book of um, Matthew, but before we go there, um, let's back up to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. When it comes to temptation, every temptation you deal with in life or going to deal with in life or have dealt with in life is not strange. Look at your neighbors, it's not strange. Someone have dealt with that before. That's why it is important. For brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity to talk together be able to fellowship together just like um, yesterday at the men's fellowship that's why it's good to come together you can talk about things and discuss things because you realize one thing is this the problem that you're dealing with someone else have also dealt with that same problem but when you as long as you stay by yourself and stay alone to yourself you think you're the only one that's ever dealt with that problem, but it's not so. Because look at this scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. He said, the temptation in your life, in your life, are no different from what's in other, what others experience, okay? Then he said, and God is what? God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be, to be more Then you can stand. So when the heat is really on, when you're dealing with stuff, can you handle it? You can handle it. But what makes the difference is this. Do you want to handle the situation? Do you want to give up? Do you want to quit? Do you feel like you're being overwhelmed? And this is one of the things that the enemy tries to do, try to not try to do, but try to do, he tried to overwhelm you when the situation comes. If you feel like you're being overwhelmed, that is all the more reason why most people, some people, they give up and quit when they get overwhelmed. That's why you need a prayer friend, a prayer buddy, that when you feel like you're overwhelmed or getting overwhelmed, you need somebody you can call and talk to. Because sometimes he seems like he, he, he shuts the light off. You can't see anything. You don't understand anything or whatever. seems like it's just things just not Coming clear to you. There's no clarity in anything. But that other person that you call. Talking to them. They can bring some understanding to you. And all of a sudden the light come back on. Keep you from doing something that you regret down the road. Then he goes on. Then he goes on down to say. But God is faithful. That he will not allow. Will not allow what? The temptation to be more than you what? That you can stand. So if the pressure is there, if the temptation is there, then you can deal with it, is what he's saying. You can handle it. But again, the question is, do you want to deal with that situation? And all this is doing really is not to hurt you, to make you bitter, but that situation is to make you better. Because next week down the road, you may be dealing with getting ready to deal with something else. But this right here is going to give you strength to prepare you for what you're going to deal with next week by the grace of God. But most people get caught up in today, they don't think about tomorrow or next week or two months down the road or whatever. See, everything you deal with, the steps of faith, everything we deal with when it comes to God, it allows us to deal with what we call the steps of faith. He don't just throw you into stuff, but he prepares you to deal with stuff so when you you deal with other stuff, it makes you stronger by the grace of God. Because the stuff that you learn today that you know about, that you have learned over the months and the last few months, you learned that stuff months ago, but it has helped you become better today by the grace of God. You're much smarter. Well, you should be smarter today than you were last week, okay? You should have learned something last week that make you better today by the grace of God. If you're not learning anything, then I, then you need to go to God and pray and say, God, you've got to help me out here. Something's something going on. But everything that you, you he's teaching you now is preparing you to become better tomorrow. By the grace of God, he's not doing this to try to play games with you or whatever. And people say sometimes they say, "Well, every time I look around, something going on." Well, it's not that something going on all the time. He's preparing you because guess what? Remember back in school, if the teacher thinks you can handle it, she continue to keep putting it on your plate. Everybody else in class sort of skinning and grinning, chilling. But why you got to keep reading all these books? Why you got to continue to keep doing all that? See, he's preparing you because, see, down the road, you can be dealing with bigger stuff, greater stuff. Bigger stuff. And sometimes we as an individual don't always understand that. We're always like easy. Look at your neighbor and say easy. But easy is not always good. And see, God knows that. Then he goes on down there. He said that he will not allow you to be tempted to be uh, more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you, show you what? Show you, and then um, in the living new living translation said that. On the overhead, on the living translation, um 1013, he said that he will show you, he will show you a, a way out so you can what? You can endure so do you have to fall do you have to quit that's on what that's your choice you can come out of it by the grace of god and then it goes on then there's another scripture where it talks about in the book of um hosea hosea chapter six chapter four and verse six he said my people my people what my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge okay and sometimes people don't like to read. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this. We're going to go somewhere with this in a minute. They, don't like, they like to read other stuff. But when it comes to the word, they don't like to read the word. But the, the reading of the word is important to you. Look at your neighbor and say, it's important to you. That's what builds your spirit up. That's what enriches your spirit. That's what causes you to grow. That's what causes you to fall in love with God. That's what causes you to f- defeat and Overcome temptation when you attempt it or whatever, but if you don't know the word guess what you have nothing really to pull from by the grace of God And a lot of people don't don't like to read the word don't like to study That's why we give you try to uh, give you at least a chapter a day to read Not to say just read the chapter and that's it, but that is to encourage you to read the word so you know the word, so that can, that can build your strength up, so you'll be able to understand the word, so that will encourage you to read more, not to just read that and that only, because that's what you need is the word, by the grace of God. Remember David said in the psalm, he said, thy word, have, what have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against you, because when you got the word inside of you, it helps you not to do a lot of crazy things that everybody else is doing. Because the word is going to bring conviction to you. It's not going to just let you go out there and just act wild and do a lot of crazy stuff by the grace of God. And that's why, I mean, that's why I like the word so much, because it helps us by the grace of God. And this is how Jesus was able to defeat the enemy. And we'll get into how he was able to do that later on as well, too. But Jesus was able to defeat the enemy by the word, by the grace of God. Now. Let's go to the book of Matthew, if you will. Matthew chapter one, chapter four, and begin to look at verse one. See a lot of things that, that we call the devil is not the devil really. And a lot of people don't a lot of a lot of people don't understand that. It is not the devil. It, it's it's the Lord that's leading us and guiding us, whatever. If it's good, it's God. But if it's the devil, if it's bad, it's the devil. That's where we see it. But you notice here, he said, Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into what? The wilderness. To be what? Tempted. To be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted for the days and forty nights, he was afterwards hungry. And when he was tempted, came, came, the tempter came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But, but he answered, talking about Jesus, said, uh, said what? What did he say? It is what? He said, It is written. And that is very important there. He said, It is written. Now, why did he say, It is written? how did he know it was written if he did not know and had not read what was written he would not know it was written that's why it is important to read the word so when you get into a situation you know what is written that's how you overcome the devil is to know what is written by the grace of God you know how to overcome that situation and see and again the first thing the devil was looking at, he was trying to look at provision, trying to provide provision for, for Jesus. Because he knew Jesus was what? He was hungry. When we get into a, a physical need, we want our physical needs met. A lot of people will give up anything, will give up things when it comes to God. They'll give up things pertaining to God when it comes to meeting their physical need. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying not to do this, but when it comes to job, we put our job in front of God anytime. I know we have to pay our bills, we have to do all that good stuff. But guess what? You go over that to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, what does it say? What does it say? If you seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness all these things going to be added to you because he knows what you need. I'm not to listen to him. I'm not saying don't to quit your job. I'm not saying not to have a job. I'm not saying that. If you think I'm saying that, you missed the point. My point is this. Don't put things before God. You got people working three or four, four jobs and they're still not getting ahead. They still have less money than they had working one job. If you work and do it and do it God's way and tithe, like he said, do it, you will always have money, you will always stay ahead, and you'll always be blessed. But see, the devil will get into the situation and say, you know, I'm not going to give that church my money. I need this money to pay a bill. My light bills do. My car payment is due. I got to pay my child's tuition. Now get me wrong, all these are bona fide, legitimate excuses, reason to do it. But if you take this stuff and you take that money and and do that with it, it could cost you when you know what you need to do with God. If you do it God's way and adhere to what God is telling you to do, I'm telling you, God will take care of you. He will take care of you because the scripture said, my God shall supply all your need. He said needs, but need according to his riches and glory. And see, a lot of people are struggling, still serving God, but they're not doing things the way God telling them to do it. And that's why they're going through the trouble. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God not third, not fourth, not fifth, his kingdom first. And if you do it his way, you're always going to come out out on top, always. And see, the devil will get in your head and want you to reason that out. Well, God will will take care of those that take care of themselves. True. And people listen to that type of stuff. But the first thing, he knew Jesus was hungry. He said, man, you need to turn these these stones into bread. So the first thing he tried to do, he tried to get you to provide for yourself, to take care of your own needs or whatever, make you feel like you're in charge instead of God being in charge. And there are so many people today, worldwide, church, in church, out of church, are struggling because of that very reason. And I'm telling you, it causing people a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of trouble and causing them a, a lot of time. But see what Jesus said here, how he defeated this and Satan when he came to it. He told him, said, Look, Satan, it is written. What is written? Man shall not live by bread alone. See, you cannot quote something that you don't know. You, you cannot really talk about something you don't know. But when you know the word, when you understand the word, you can quote the word and being able to stand on the word. And then you can have results from the word, get results from the word. But if you don't know it, you don't understand it, you can't quote it, then you're at the mercy of the enemy. Then you have to, like I say, then you have to take, go back and talk about taking care of yourself. God can take care of you. I'm telling you, he can take care of you. He can meet every need you ever have by the grace of God. But many times, many times, uh, he he don't do it and he can't do it because we won't let him do it by the grace of God. And if we let him do it, he'll do it every time for us by the grace of God. And the thing about it is, you know, um, I am absolutely confident that Jesus was hungry. You know, when you get hungry, you're hungry. Are Are you with me? I'm, I'm not sure that he was hungry. I think he was hungry. He was ready to eat. But he was also smart enough not to allow the enemy to start, making, start getting in the way of his provision. He wanted to always keep God ahead of him and make sure that God remained and stay, and, and stay in control of his provision. That's what we always want to do. Keep God as far as our, our provision and stay ahead and, and always provide for us by the grace of God. If we do that, we always stay ahead by the grace of God. Don't go and look at other people, spend money you don't have, trying to impress friends you don't like. Get in debt, then trying to pay all the high-interest credit cards. Then when you can't pay them off, he sit back and laugh at you. That's not what you want to do. You want to live in freedom. Not spiritual freedom, but financial freedom as well. And then when, if you listen and obey God, you can get the same thing everybody else get, get. And not only you get it, but you also get it at a discount price and just, just and be just as good as they have. Even better, by the grace of God. I'm telling you. The reason I'm telling you that is because God did it for me. But see, most people are impatient. The devil said, look, man, you got to do this now. If you don't do it now, you're going to miss this opportunity. But look, you, you're serving an almighty God. If you miss this opportunity, God is the God of opportunity. He'll bring back another one. He'll give you another one. And that next opportunity he give you can be much better than this one by the grace of God. If you listen. And you won't have to pay as much money at this opportunity. Get in there. Get in there. You talk to a friend. Child, I gonna get it. Child, you ain't got to pay for this either. <laughs> That's why you have to learn to listen to God. To be patient. Wait on him. And it's good thing about a good thing about Jesus, Jesus knew he's a Satan. Look. The fellow you understand it is written. I'm not listening to you. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to God and guess what and, th- and that's what he did and then you go over there then you go over there into the book of book of um, Ephesians and, and the book of Philippians or book of um, Philippians Philippians 419. What did the word say the word said what he said but my God said what my he said, supply my needs not needs your needs and wants can be a whole lot different from each other. Because we, many times what we, what we want sometimes is not necessarily really what we need. He can come and give us the things we, we, we really um, need sometimes, but we don't necessarily really want them things many or want them things that don't necessarily need them. He has everything timed out. How many times have God delayed something from you? you're about to cry because you didn't get it. Pouting and everything else. You didn't get it when you wanted. But then when you did get it, you're about to shout. Lord, have mercy. I thank you, Jesus, that you came through on time. But he had a came through when you wanted him to come through. You've probably been jacked up a little bit because you weren't ready for it. By the grace of God. He not only he knows, but he knows the timing. He knows the timing. And he's not going to give you some all jacked up anyway. And then he said, not only that, but he said, uh, according to his riches. Not just his hand-me-down and his passed along and all of those stuff. His riches. His riches in glory. By the grace of God. And that's what I like about about, about God. And then then, like Paul said over there in the book of um, Ephesians, chapter 4, and verse uh, and and, and verse 12. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse and verse 12. Sometime you're gonna go without. That don't mean God is mad with you. That don't mean he's upset with you. He got you on delay because he got something better for you. By the grace of God. He got something better for you. And that's why it is good to just to wait. And in the contemporary English version said that I'm not complaining about having too little. I have learned what I've learned, what I've learned. I've learned to to be satisfied with whatever I have to be content. I don't have to have it all all the time. But I do know this. By the grace of God, I'm going to get what I want because my father going to bless me. But in the, meantime, in the meantime, just because I don't have it now, it's on the way. But I've learned. What I've learned? I've learned whatsoever state I'm in because the word, because it is written in the word, not not to be upset, not to be angry, not to be mad, not to go out and get in debt, to be content, to be satisfied. Because I know it's coming. So by the grace of God, and it will, it will by the grace of God. And then you go, then you go down to um, Ephesians. I mean, Philippians chapter four and look at verse verse twelve. He said, "I know how to live on almost nothing, or with everything." You think about think about men of us growing up. We hardly had nothing. I can speak for myself. And look where God had brought us from. Now we got all this stuff, and we be worrying about all this stuff we don't have. Didn't hardly have but one. Had one pair of shoes. And when we came from school or church or whatever, we had to take them shoes off. You won't play in them shoes, honey. i go down and put on them other old shoes or whatever you had. Because if you got caught, you was in trouble. Judgment day was going to happen to you. Now we got some in pairs of shoes we don't know what to do with them but just to let you know what God has brought us from. He said, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether it be full, my stomach be full, hungry, or plenty of want." And this is, this is how God, this is how you learn how God blesses you. You don't get worried, don't, get, don't become fretful, whatever, stuff like that. Well, I, Well, if I don't have this this dress or this pair of shoes or this suit or whatever, I just can't go. Because I don't want nobody to come to my house if I ain't got the right uh, dinette table or whatever. You know, they just, I don't want to come over here to my house looking like this. I mean, there have been times people have mixed-mat tables and chairs and all that other type of stuff the food tastes a whole lot better than those that got all these matching tables and all that stuff. <laughs> got all these dinette tables and all this fancy stuff to eat off or whatever. Food don't taste like nothing. <laughs> Give me an old rack of table and no more, more broke up and jacked up chairs, chairs or whatever so we can eat and eat good. But this is where we are. This is the world we live in. And the thing about it is when you don't look to God to provide for you, you're always going to be looking for someone else to provide for you. If God can't provide for your needs, you're going to be looking for somebody else to provide for you. Don't never become cold on man. It's always good to look to each other for help and assistance or whatever, but we'll never become codependent. Code you become codependent code on God, not man. when you become codependent code on another man, they can take that and use that against you and take advantage of you. And then on that, but if you ever look to a person for provision, most likely, you will become disappointed. That's how people end up in abuse because they're looking for another person to take care of them. That's how a lot of women and men end up in abuse because they're looking for another person to take care of them. They give up their jobs. They give up all this stuff and start depending on them to take care of them. And when they no longer depend on can take care of them, they no longer can abide for that person, then that's when things sort to turn south. Relationship change. You find out yourself you have been being used and taken advantage of, and you don't want to be in that situation by the grace of God. You want to be able to take care of yourself by the grace of God. Work together, live together, be together as a team by the grace of God. And this is why a lot of times people, people get in trouble, get in trouble. And seeing thing about provision is much bigger than money. It's much bigger than money. You can have a lot of money and still not being able to trust God. You have people today they can trust, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of this, that, and the other. But at the same time, they still can't trust God and believe God to take care of their family members, that they can pray that God will heal their family member. They still cannot believe and trust God that God was able to meet their son or daughter's tuition in school. They just can't do that. But he got all the stuff. Look at the young rich ruler. He had plenty of money. Everything he ever needed. But he still was dissatisfied. And that's the way it is. See, that peace that you need comes come from God, come from the written word. That's not going to come from all this stuff. It's good to have stuff, but stuff is not really what you want. You want the peace of God that passes all understanding is able to keep your heart as well as your mind. And people are slowly realizing that. If you look at the news many times, you see people that are very, very well. And listen to me, I'm not knocking these people. My point is this provision, all this good stuff, is not always going to take care of you and give you what you want. It's not always going to do it. The point of it is, you want always Jesus to be your source. Because Jesus' resource and source will never run out by the grace of God. Go to um, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 25. And the question you have to ask yourself this morning. Where is my provision coming from? Who am I getting my provision from? So it makes a big, big difference where you're getting your your source from. Who is your source? Because when that source ever ends, by the grace of God, there could be trouble. So heaven and earth shall pass away always, always, but the word shall what? Not pass away. And that's what you want to look at now, what's going to remain and what's going to stand by the grace of God. By the grace of God. So when you look at Matthew chapter four, verses one through four, Satan's deal with Jesus about provision, those four verses there deal with Jesus about provision. That's what he dealt with Jesus about, and then the next few verses, um, it goes down to the uh, next few verses, starting with verse uh, verse five through uh, verse six, he dealt with Jesus about protection, protection. This is so important when it comes to protection. A lot of people believe Jesus can, know God can, but they don't they don't think he can when it comes to um protection. Don't think he can protect them by the grace of God. And God can protect you. This is why this is why we went into went into this pandemic back in 2020. People know Jesus, God can protect them. or well, they believe God can protect them, but they didn't, didn't know that he can protect them. That's why our, the spirit of fear that's really permeated the entire world, the church world and the entire world, and that's why people was afraid by the grace of God. They was afraid of uh, fear. How do you know Jesus can't protect you. How do you know that? How do you know that? It's just a simple answer. It is written. It is written. Psalms 91. A thousand shall fall by our side and 10,000 at their right hand. But what? It shall not come not eat. It is written. And see, and that's the thing about Jesus. He didn't have to prove nothing to Satan, or going up on the mountain or anything else, because he knew for a fact. It is. See, you don't have to prove anything to anybody when you know what is written. And see, that's why it is important as a believer right now to know What is written. You cannot really regurgitate, say, or repeat something that you don't know. If you don't know it, you can't speak it. The reason Jesus was able to speak that to Satan because he knew what was written by the grace of God. He said there, he said in verse 5, he said, then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down for what? It is written. Now, now, look at this scripture here. Now, not only Jesus was quoting it is written, but guess who else is quoting it is written? Huh? He's repeating stuff back to you. And he's saying the same thing Jesus said. saying. Now, how does that work? How does that work? I'm going to tell you how it works. If he is saying the same thing you're saying, what makes it different? You got to know it better. You got to know it better. Because, see, some people can take one scripture and take that scripture and turn it to be what they want it to be. But how can you contradict that scripture? Is being able to, you got to know that scripture better. Being able to know it well. No arguments, no confusion. You have to know it better. And this is where the confusion come in. Most people, a lot of people don't know the scripture that well to be able to say, you know what? That's not right. Why is it not right? Because it is not written like that. And see, and and why is that good for you? That's going to bring peace to you because you know for a fact it is incorrect. There's no argument. Well, that's not true. There's no argument about it. That means just like me telling you, look, you didn't drive to church this morning. You look at me like, uh, like I got three heads because you know for a fact. That's not true. You drove to church this morning. There's nothing to argue about. Because you got keys in your hand. You know you got a car sitting in the parking lot. Not, there's nothing to argue about. And people spend time arguing about stuff that, that's not written. Same thing with denomination. There's nothing to argue about. Because you've already, you like concrete. Your mind is thoroughly mixed. And permanent set, so there's nothing to argue about. Until Jesus changed your mind, until, till that happened, I can sit here and fight with you and bloody you up, and you bloody me up, and then when we get through with it, you still feeling the same way before we start to fight. So what's the point? None. Only way that's going, only way that situation's going to change, that person has. It has to be written in the word. If he or she can't read the word and accept what's in the word, say, then you can forget it. When I was young, young as a Christian, man, I read a fight. Let's go. Hey, let's take it. Let's let's get it on. But, you know, when you're young, you do a lot of strange things. But when you get older, man, I ain't fighting with you. If you want to believe that the sun sets sets in the north, that's on you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going home tonight and sleep in peace. <laughs> but some people like to argue. But when you know that you know that you know, there's nothing to argue about by the grace of God. There's nothing to argue about. And see, and the thing about Jesus, when he was on this earth, people still today don't believe that Jesus was a real man. They still don't believe that. They said that Jesus was, was God. The reason why he was able to conquer and able to do the things that, that he did, and which is not not true, he gave up his his um, humanity. That uh, his, uh, his I'm sorry, his his divinity that he may pick up his humanity. He became a man just like you and I. Go to the book of uh, book of Hebrews chapter five and verse eight. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we just want to share some thing with. He was just like you and I. He had to basically learn and do the things like you and I. Read, study, and become the person that you and I become. And a lot of people today still don't believe this. So what are you going to do about it, Pastor John? Nothing. Pray for him, And one day they realize it. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 8. In order for him to be able to understand what I'm going through, to know what I'm going through, he had to be um, he had to go through what I'm going through by the grace of God. Though he was the son yet he learned what yet he had to learn everything I go through went through or going through as a human, by the grace of God. You can't do this as, as being God. So there had to be a transl so he had to give up his divinity and come just like you and I for him to be able to understand and to be able to say, Hey, I know what you're going through. I understand what you're going through. And a lot of people just just don't understand that by the grace of God. And they still struggle with that even today. And then you go down, then you go down to Luke, Luke chapter two, verses forty six through forty seven. And, and people say, you know, that because he was uh, he was God, he had to learn things that we learn. That's not true. See, that's why we have to know the scriptures. Because now as we get closer to the end, more deception is coming, is beginning to come forth. People are beginning to lie to people, and because you don't know, you don't understand, you're very easily to be deceived now. Because some people are very articulate in communicating their deception. And if you're not really articulate and don't understand the things they understand, understand the word, it's very easily to be deceived. Some people can explain things very well, but it can be very deceiving as well. Luke chapter 2 and verses 46 through 47. He said three days, I think it was three days later, they found and discovered, discovered him, that he was what? He was in the temple. What was he doing in the temple? Sitting and doing what? Asking Well, if he did know everything, why well, he need to be asking questions? If he's God, I mean if you God, why are you gonna be sitting there asking questions? Why is he sitting there trying to learn? Because he was man. He had to learn the things that you and I are learning. So that's why he could say it is written because he had to learn those things as well by the grace of God. He says, sitting among the teachers of the law, discussing the deep question with them, amazing everyone with the understanding of whatever. Because, see, they're looking to him. And guess what? If he's the son of God and everything, guess what? He should be asking us questions. He should be teaching us. He had to learn as well by the grace of God, just like you and I learned. And see, and people saw, seeing the devil comes in and the see, people say, well, well, Jesus, God, the reason why he able to do it, because he was God. And see, and that's sort of like get them off the hook, saying that sort of excuse you, say, well, you need all this stuff, because he was God, he was no man. And make him, make him, make him, people think that he was in one category and place you in another category. No, we're all in the same category. He had to study the Bible, study the word, too, by the grace of God. And guess what? He did. He studied the word, too. And then in, in Luke, look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 52, by the grace of God. Jesus became what? Wiser and grew what? Well, if he got, he got, you don't, I mean, you already at the top. Huh? You where? Are you at the top? You know it all. <laughs> By the grace of God. Grew physically. And people liked him. And he what? And he pleased God. Well, I mean... You already got Why do you got to please God? He was a man, just like you and I. And that's why we as children of God, we cannot afford not to read the Bible. We can afford not to study the Bible by the grace of God. People say, I don't, I don't need to study the Bible. I don't need to read the Bible. I mean, every time the word of God is taught, we should be somewhere available to be taught ourselves getting this word in us just like a sponge absorbing it by the grace of god but we do um, do the word of god just like going to a buffet we pick and choose what we want to listen to pick and choose where we want to go to and all the other good stuff that's not the way god wants us to do it he wants you to be able to get this word in us so when we are touched it just flows out of us by the grace of god but that's that's not it's not happening God is good and he always going to protect us he always want to protect us and then many people study this Bible every Sunday go to church every Sunday and they cannot believe God can protect them they can't believe God has protect them they can't believe it look at Psalm 127 verse 1 People with doctorate degrees telling people they need to run put on a mask and all this other good stuff. Hey It is written what is written? Psalm 127 verse 1 look at on Psalm 127 verse 1 what's written in Psalm 127 verse 1 it said what? Except, if, except the Lord do what? I mean, I mean, God can do it. Can he do it? So why are we running? Why are we hiding? Jesus wasn't afraid of him. He even told Jesus what to do. Hey, man, catch yourself out of this. Hey, He going to protect you. If you're stepping out in faith, God will protect you and tell people all the time whatever you do you don't do it in fear you do it in faith fear is not of God God did not give us the spirit of fear the spirit of faith is what he's given us and we we say that we are his child and called by his name, there should be no fear in us. When Jesus told Peter to get out of that boat, the others sat there. What did Peter do? Peter had a chance to do what the others did. And then Peter said, told Jesus, said, Hey, but would not come? Jesus told me, What did Jesus tell him? Peter could have sat there just like the others did. What did Peter do? He got up and did what? He Walk. got up and walked. And got out on that water and walked. And his, if he'd have continued kept, staying in faith, continued to keep his eyes on Jesus, he probably still walking on that water today. See, that's the difference. By listening to God and obeying and staying focused on what is written, In the written word of God. Listening to God. Obeying God. And following God. By the grace of God. Ain't about running from nothing. You don't have to run from nothing. If anybody doing the running. The devil should be doing the running. No child of God should be running from nothing. We running. And here we are serving the king of kings. And the lord of lords. Got us running. The savior of the world. Something wrong with that picture. We need to change some things. Then over there in the book of um, Isaiah. Isaiah 52 and verse 12. God is our protection. He's going to protect us. He always will protect us. And just like Jesus told... uh, Told, was talking to him and said, look, you can't take my life. I lay my life down. Told Pilate, Pilate, you can't take my life. Pilate was in a position of authority. He thought he could just do what he wanted. Jesus told him, no, man, you ain't got that type of uh, power over me. I'm protected. You can't take my life. I lay my life down. Isaiah 52 and verse 12 in the American Standard Bible. It says here, it said that, But you will not go out in a hurry, nor will you go as a fugitive, as fugitives. For the Lord will go what? He will go what? And the God of Israel will be what? he would be your real God. He going to take, take care of you. If you go, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Say, I got your back. Look at your neighbor and say, I got your back. I got you back. And see, and that's why it's important. So when God tell you something, look at your neighbor and say, when God tell me something, I don't have to worry about the outcome. I just need to step out. I just need the confidence to step out. Because he got my back. They can't get to me in my back. I ain't got to worry about nothing behind me. Just keep my eyes on him. And all is well. Then the scripture said in the book of um uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 3, he said, But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. Come on, somebody. Evidently, evidently they didn't know that during the during the during the, um during the COVID. Evidently, they must have took that scripture out of people's Bible. Ever then that will blot it out or something. Second Thessalonians chapter three and verse three. But the Lord is what? He's unfaithful. And he will strengthen. And what? From what? I'm telling you, again, God is not going to make you. But again, you got to know what is written in that word. If you don't know it, you can't quote it. You can't quote it. You can't quote something you don't know. If you don't know it, you can't quote it. And that's why it's important. To be able to know the word by the grace of God. It's good to have it on the table. But David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. It's good to have a weapon when you're in a situation to need it. But don't do you no good lock them in the closet in the house. (laughs) God is good. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Then the last one we talk about provision, protection. Then we're, the last one we will to talk about power. Well, let's go back to the book of, book of Matthew. Matthew chapter, chapter 4. God is good. God is good. What an amazing God we serve. Amazing God. Go down to to verse seven. Jesus said unto him, "Said it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." And again, the devil taking him to an exceeding, to exceedingly high mountain, and showed him, showed him all, showed him what? All the kingdoms of the world. And the and the glory of them. not only show it to him, but show them the the good things about them. Cause see, he don't just show you what it is, but he show you an enjoyment of them. What you can, how you can enjoy, and how you can flash short it off to people, and all this other good stuff. And then in verse nine, he said said unto him, All these things things will I give thee if 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 thou wouldst just fall down and, and worship me. Did he have that type of power? Yes, he did. remember, he got it from Adam. He's still giving people power today, the and they don't even know it. Keep them from serving God. And they think it's God doing it. They're worshiping. Because if what you have what you have been given, if it's not causing you to fall in love with God, or leading you to do more for God and be with God, then you got to question yourself. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? How did I get it? Who's blessed me with this? Who blessed me with this? Then verse 9, it says this, And said unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou were what? Fall down and what? Worship me. I give you all the women, all the money, all the stuff you can imagine. Then verse 10, he said, Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence Satan for what? For what is what? For it is written. What is written? You got to know what's written. (laughs) If you don't know what's written, you're in trouble. And that's why it's important for us as believers to know What is written. All this other stuff is good now. But this stuff here is better. Much better. When you know what is written. Because people can do things that can entice you. And put you in a position that can lead you into other things can wave that magic wand in front of you, can cause you to experience some things you never experienced before in your life, cause you to feel like Superman, a superwoman, cause your friends to look at you and blink their eyes, and man, how in the world did you do that? Oh, homeboy, he didn't set you up. But then you have to ask yourself, was it written? <laughs> God is good. All the time. That's why it's come when it comes to God. That's why we got to read the word. That's why we got to know the word. We got to meditate in the word. And see, that's why. Even in the beginning when God was dealing with Joshua, he laid out a plan for Joshua. He said, now, Joshua, listen to me, son. If you want to be successful, if you want to be successful, this is what you need to do. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein both day and night. And then thy way, thou make that way successful, and then thou should be successful, and then thou should have good success. You'll never want to be successful without God. Like I gotta tell people any time: if God ain't in it, I'm not in it. I don't care how good it look. I don't, I don't care how much it is, or how how it look to other people. God ain't in it, I'm not in it. Because I'm in it, I'm in it to win it by the grace of God. God is good. How you overcome temptation? Read the Word. Study the Word. Meditate on the Word. Because it is written. Screaming and hollering that the devil ain't gonna do it. He may go around the corner, but he'd be back in a few minutes. That's why it's important is to know. And see, when you know the word, the word is gonna be and that's why that's why in the book of Colossians. You want to be rooted and grounded in the word by the grace of God. This not just, just go to go to church and ah, shouting and, and screaming and hollering and frothing and falling all over, the, tearing up chairs and all that. And you ask about a scripture, you couldn't even tell them where to find John 3.16. And you just told them where it was. We don't want to be that, brothers and sisters. You want to get this word in your heart. That's what's going to help you because when you get in trouble, all of those stuff ain't going to help you. I'm going to tell you that right now. When you're laying there at midnight in pain with a death sentence from the doctor, you need to know something, you need to be able to hold on to something. That chair you turned over last Sunday ain't going to help you. It ain't going to help you. You might have some memories of it, but it ain't going to help you. You need a Word, by the grace of God. And this is why it's important. Not only just know the Word, but you're going to need to know what is written in the Word, by the grace of God. Get you a scripture, and have one a week. And just meditate on that scripture. And learn how to memorize that scripture. You know everything else. You read your psych, your horoscope every day. I know y'all don't do that in, in, in New Hope Outreach Ministry. You read that every day, so why can't you read the word? Find your scripture that you can remember. And you think about it, if you If you memorize one scripture a week. There's five scriptures per month. Five scriptures. And if you do that, if you do that a year, do that a year, five times 12, if I'm a math sermon correct, that's 60. Is that right? How many mathematicians are there? 60? That's 60 scriptures per year. Come on, somebody. Now, that's not a whole lot. Think about it. But you know that horoscope. God is good. Every head bowed and every eye closed. How did Jesus was able to overcome temptation? He had to let him know it is written. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you shared with us. And Father, the things you're constantly teaching us. Father, we, just, we do not, and we refuse to just be a hearer of your word. But, Father, we want to be and will be a hearer of your word and a doer of your word in Jesus' name. And, Father, we pray that the words that we, we learn, Father, they will be in our hearts so when we come in contact with others, that, Lord, we can share this seed with others of God, that this seed will take, not only take root in our hearts but also will take root in their hearts and will grow as well we thank you so much father for giving us the freedom to study your word and to learn your word father and we pray now god that we will continue lord to be a blessing to your kingdom and all those we come in contact with in jesus name we pray amen